What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to another episode of the Fade You podcast. We're a little shorthanded today, but we're here to preview the NFL Week 7 slate. Here we are midweek recording on Wednesday, October 19th, and this is episode 161, trudging right along through another NFL season. My name is Matthew James. I've got Kmart with us. I've got Chris Duke with us. Joe's traveling. Joe's going to be absolutely blacked out of his mind at a wedding in a couple of days. So Joe's traveling. Safe travels, father. And uh, Neil's got a bunch of stuff going on. What's going on with Neil? I just said an all-day training in La Jolla. I know, I know yes. he's, he started a job a couple... I mean, I feel like it's been a couple months, but I mean, probably just, you know, some extra learning that he gets to bore himself through all day today. That sounds delightful. Make sure you're following the Fade You main account at Fade You Sports on Twitter. If you haven't been doing that and you haven't been listening to this pod, you've been missing a lot of winners because the dads are hot in the Westgate Super Contest. We'll talk about where everybody's at here in just a second. That's at Fade You Sports on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to this pod as well. A lot of good stuff, if I do say so myself. I'm at Matthew James 78 on Twitter, Kmart at Kmart's underscore angles, Chris Duke at hazmat suit 23. So guys, let's talk about week seven. Actually, before we do that, we got to pour one out for Joe. This went out on Twitter yesterday. The uh, weeks four through six mini contest ended and three assholes went 12, two and one to split 65 grand. And uh, Joe and Jared half point away, 12 and three. That's brutal. I don't yeah. even know what else to say. That would be, yeah. I told my brothers about that. They said, I can't even imagine. It's, it's, it's why I was so pissed off on Sunday because I knew we needed a five and zero, oh, and it would have sucked to have a four way tie, but yeah, I couldn't imagine even like going five and zero oh and being half point tickled like Joe. I mean, that's, that's brutal. Well, if yep. it was a four way tie, what 16 K each, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it'd still be nice, but like, I mean, that yeah. would, man, that kind of, kind of takes a little bit out of you. You're just like, oh, basically four-way tie for second, you know, with the payout. But he's saying if he would have had one more, they would have got the 50K to themselves, correct? Yeah. And yeah. he fucking didn't put his foot down. He said he hated the ninth play and it ended up going in. I wonder what the their play would have been if they took that one out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us asked him. That would be interesting to know. Tough way for the the last three weeks in for Joe, but they're still in great shape. I mean, it was a four and one. We've got Joe and Jared, their entry, Vanilla Gorilla, and we've got Chris and Riley's entry. I'm circed at twenty one and nine through six weeks. Uh, that's incredible. That is good enough to be what? What is it? Tied for thirty first? Is that it, Chris? 31st, father. And that's out of 1,600 dickheads. So 21 and 9 is a is a very good start. You guys got to keep it going. I mean, we're only a third of the way through, so there's a long way to go. A lot of people at the top of the leaderboard are going to regress 
So just try to be regression proof. Uh, I'm sitting at 20 and 10 just behind. And then just behind me, for a fourth place in a group of four teams, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you're 18, 11, and 1. Even Kyle and Neil down there are still absolutely within striking distance. So a really good start for all the dads. If you guys are not following everybody on Twitter and getting everybody's plays, I, you're missing out. I mean, it, it's a great start, and we just want to try to keep it going, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in 247th place. So, yeah, like you said, still in striking range, you know, at 62%, or I guess 60% because of that push, whatever it is. It's just, I mean, all you guys at 70 and Matt, you just below it. It's crazy. Like, I don't know if we can catch up because you guys are just so hot. Everybody just keeps chugging along with a three yeah. and two or a four and one and cut, sprinkle a couple five and O's in there. So uh, we got to toot our own, own horns with that. It, it's a really good start for everybody. Everybody's seeing the board really well. There's not been a lot of dumb plays. There's been some, but not a lot. And it's fine. We're going to learn and we're not going to make those mistakes here in the, uh, the second two thirds of the season. So, Let's get into week seven. Uh, Chris, I texted you the other day that this was going to be the week of uh, a lot of really gross underdogs and um, a lot of six-point spreads, a lot of seven-point spreads, some even higher than that. But we also have a couple of really popular underdogs, so we'll talk about all of that stuff. Uh, I'll get to Joe's play first. So Joe's traveling, and his favorite play, and we're going to have to talk about this one, Joe's favorite play. Chris, are you still there? I just lost you on my screen. Oh, no. Of course. You're, you're there. Okay. So Joe's favorite play is Patriots on Monday night. He says he doesn't think Chicago scores more than seven points. Patriots offense will be competent enough to cover the big spread. Belichick versus first-year coaches speaks for itself and adds that it's a super hot teaser leg to go down through seven and down through three. Now, this is minus eight. This is minus eight in a game with a total under 40. Chris, what do you think about this play? I mean, it it very well could hit. I mean, the Bears are trash. We know that. I just simply can't let that go in my contest because the fucking Patriots have outscored their opponents by 53 points the last two weeks. They're riding high. They simply cannot be their fucking Tesla at fucking whatever 1500 of share and uh, Bitcoin at 60 grand a fucking Bitcoin. This is sky high. The Bears just look like dog shit. Scored seven points on prime time against the fucking commanders i don't know this ultimately to me is a buy low on the bears i can see them i get it belichick at home i get it but i i mean it's a prime time can you not see this being disgusting and patriots squeaking out a three-point win something like that that's how i see it so we'll see well it's 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 funny you know that we're on this game because you know i was texting neil because he's in that fun little training. And, you know, 
we'll get to what he was going to talk about later on, but he's like, you know, I'm also liking laying the eight with the Pats too. Billy Boy in prime time, and I'm just like, yikes. I was like, I might go with that only if Zappy plays. So it's kind of funny, you know, both both those dads, you know, are liking that play. Well, so is the rest of the entire known universe. I'm, I'm seeing 80% on the Pats. Chris, 20%. On the scummy, shitty Chicago Bears can't do dick on offense. Is is Mac supposed to be back? Because I mean, even Mac, I think it's laughable. Even if Mac's laying eight coming back, Zappy. I mean, they've been in. So they've been eight, nine, ten point dogs in Lambo. Then they were they were barely three point faves at home against the Lions, who you could argue are just as dog shit as the Bears, and then they're road dogs at the Browns and now they're coming home and laying almost double digits. I don't, I just don't get the complete market correction, but maybe the bears are just that God awful Matthew. You know, it's interesting to me going into the season, the narrative on the Patriots was what is this offense going to look like? It's Patricia. It's Joe judge. Their training camp was horrific no one is saying a word about that now. So are they just suddenly a good offense after a couple of good performances against the Lions and the Browns? I mean, what what happened to this narrative that, like, what are the Patriots doing on offense? Their defense started playing. Well, who have they played, though? They played Jared Goff outdoors. They played Brissett, who they used to have. I mean, just to push back on that a little bit. I mean, yeah, the defense has been good and now they play Chicago. So maybe it'll look good again, but yeah, but I mean, it's also goes the same with those teams. I mean, you know, they've been in some nail biters, you know, with other decent teams. And I mean, if we want to play that game, it's, you know, Seattle and Detroit game, you know, putting up all those points, but then the Cardinals can only put up three offensive points against Seattle. So, I mean, yeah. And Sig says it best. No one knows shit. Everything changes with yeah. the week basis. There's so many damn injuries this season too. Like everything's different, you know, week to week. Just it's it's hard to know like which team is out there because they're constantly switching pieces. Chris, yeah. I know you'll or go ahead, Chris. Yeah, it's just interesting because the Bears looked really good against the Vikings. They made it a game and the Vikings are five and one, but a lot of people are saying they're smoking mirrors. Um, what's the spread if the Bears score a touchdown instead of getting stopped on Thursday night and they they make it a seven point game against the Packers instead of getting stopped at the goal line and it's a you know more like a fourteen point game so you know it's just you look at stuff like that um, I don't know because there's two ugly dogs you know you got Pittsburgh on Sunday night and then you got Bears on I mean both primetime games are over a touchdown it's funny you feel like one might give it a good run uh, just who will it be. Isn't that interesting, Chris, the price point? I mean, you just talked about it. So the Bears, just two weeks ago, right, are, minus, are plus seven in Minnesota, and now they're plus eight at New England. So New England is one point better than five and one Minnesota. It just It's a little bit funny when you start to look at the price points like that. I, I agree with what you said. You are, If you're buying the Patriots in this spot, you are buying their stock at a very high point. And uh, I don't know, like you said, both primetime teeth, Parlay the faves, tease both faves. Is it, is it free money? I don't know. I guess we'll see. 
I mean, we kind of buried the lead. How is this even the Monday night game in the first place? Who made that call? Someone who thought, uh, huh? what's his face was going to be a little better. Fields. I guess there's there not too many great games this week, but I mean, God, you could put chiefs Niners on Monday night. That's, that's at least a Super yeah. Bowl rematch from recent years. So I don't know. All right, Chris, you're up next. Uh, you passed me. So, Dad, you get to go second. Dad, I think it's interesting that they left it three in the contest. It's been blowing my fucking mind all week. Still does. And I'm going to probably push for it hard with Freck. Why the fuck are the Jaguars minus three over the fucking New York football G-men who are looking great? They just beat fucking, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson and the and but and they're gonna see the final score, even though that they were a first down away from milking the clock out. He throws the pick. Um, the Giants huge win over in England over the Packers again. Sky high price. I think the average person goes, "What the fuck? Give me the three. Why are these Jaguars that have lost three in a row laying points to anyone? I don't know, but I guess I'll do it because I'm fucking disgusting." Definitely the fishy line of the week, right? To borrow from Ariel, and and this one smells horrible. How do you have a five and one team who's a dog to a two and four team? But like you said, Chris, they just beat Lamar and Rogers in two consecutive weeks. What do you think of this one, Kmart? I mean, if I was going to play it, it's definitely going to be Jags minus three as well. Um, I mean, Giants have repeatedly just come back, you know, from games. They could easily be three and three, two and four, but they're finishing games. You know, it's I'm already looking at next year like, oh, this is a team the fade season went total under because they've won so many close games and from coming behind fashion like two weeks in a row, you know, down ten points at halftime and they came back to win them both outright, not even just cover. So no, I, I actually think it's a good play. Uh, three, I mean, three seems strong. It seems like it should probably be like one and a half or two, but, you know, I'm going to trust Chris here. And, you know, what he loves to say is trust the line. And, you know, I, if we're struggling to find a fifth, uh, I'm probably going to, you know, really step step down hard on that one. Yeah, I'm shocked it's I, still three. I thought it might be two and a half in the contest. Matt, did you say... Uh, I haven't looked. I, I looked earlier this week. I didn't check again today. Are we still seeing uh, a lot of tickets predominantly on the Giants, and they're not moving? I mean, it's just shocking that that number just will not budge. It's crazy. I feel like they opened it at two and a half and then went to three, despite, like you said, I'm probably going to get about two-thirds of the bets on the Giants. Uh, I, I would say the Jags are probably – the pro side for sure. Now that being said, the pros took this number at two and a half. So now it's three for the contest. It's clearly not the same thing. That's a key number. I actually looked at this one too. Um, kind of strength versus strength. The Giants have have been one of the better teams at running the ball. I think they're, oh, I just wrote this down earlier. Third or fourth in rushing yards per game. Um, they actually have the fifth most running attempts per game too. So you, clearly, you know what they want to do. They don't want Daniel Jones throwing it a bunch of times. Uh, the Jags allow the third fewest rushing yards per game in the league. Now, sometimes that's opponent based, but still 
you can you can see a scenario where the Giants want to run the ball and the Jags hopefully play to their strength and are able to limit what the Giants have been doing well. So, um, and you're buying the Jags low. I mean, this is a team that had a couple of really good games early in the season and and really have kind of fallen on mm-hmm. hard times. Well, I mean, out to a 14-3 lead early, and then they let Matt Ryan who looked dead before last week, throw 58 times and just, I mean, just destroy them. So, um, yeah. And that's interesting that you have those good in numbers and they've, it's not like they've been playing dog shit rushing. They've played the Eagles. They've played the, uh, they've played the, the Colts twice. I mean, these are like strong, strong rushing teams. And for them to have those numbers, that's, that's pretty great. Yeah, interesting game there. Definitely a smelly one. We'll see if that line comes off the three at some point later in the week. Uh, I guess for me, I I considered a few to talk about on this pod. I guess I will talk about the Browns. I mean, we love division dogs. I think this is another team you're buying low on. Have they lost three straight, Cleveland? I think so. Is that right? I mean, obviously did not look good last week at home against new england uh they lost the previous week to the chargers and that crazy back and forth game and then the previous week down in atlanta so they lose a couple they lose to atlanta by uh three they lose to the chargers by two they look horrible against the patriots perfect time to buy going into a division game we love road division dogs what the fuck have the Ravens proven to be six point favorites in this game? I mean, this team can't hold their ability to hold a lead is, uh, is really astonishing. So give me the Browns in a buy low spot going into a game against a familiar opponent. I think both teams will probably be a little bit desperate. Uh, when these two teams played last season, they were both pretty tight games. Uh, last year, they both, they played both games late in the season. Ravens won 16-10, and then the Browns won 24-22. So I'm expecting a tight division game, a little low scoring, probably a 23-20-2017 kind of game. But maybe it's a little more. I mean, neither defense has been great. But Chris, division dog, can you get behind this one? I like it. Yeah, we we love those. Um, Dog off a loss. You know, all that has been pointing and the trends are just so strong. Dogs of uh, three or more, you know, three to six points. Uh, It's just uh, like you said. I mean, (laughs) this has like uh, Ravens up, like you said, 20 to 10 or something. Again, Browns going and scoring and keeping it within the number. And uh, yeah, I like it. I dig it. What about you, Kmart? The Ravens are kind of a team that's tough to make sense of. You could easily point to some of their losses they've let slip away and, and see them with a much better record. Uh, I feel like the line is kind of reflecting what that would be if that was the case and not what they actually are. Yeah, like, I mean, it's tough because you have a team who's blown an 18-point lead, a 10-point lead, something else. Um and it just seems like they stop playing the way they come out, whether they're trying to eliminate Lamar Jackson from having an injury. They, they just look like a completely different team in the second half. So it's like, okay, this team clearly is not a second half team. 
So maybe you play them in the first half, but then it's the whole, well, are, instead of fading what they're going to do, is it, is it finally they're going to play four quarters? Are they finally due, as you know, I've said before, to actually put together a complete game? Because at, at some point, you know, every, everyone was very high on them and they clearly have a shit ton of talent. So are they going to finally just actually, you know, smart play is, you know, probably Browns plus six, six and a half, whatever the hell it is. But would we all be surprised if the Ravens end up winning this game by, you know, 17, 20 points? Yeah, I mean, this is six and a half all across the board. So somebody is is getting that number to move off of six. I don't know. I'd be curious to see if this hits seven. I don't think it will uh, for contest purposes. Yeah, it is six. So we'll see what happens with that line. All right, Kmart, for on behalf of you and Neil, what are you guys looking at? Yeah, so I, I got really excited last week. I thought I was finally done with this team, but here we go again. Uh, Broncos minus one. So Holy shit. it's just funny because we were talking about this this game on Sunday, you know, before Sunday night football. And, you know, it's probably even more leaning towards the Jets. And then I'm just looking at this and it just seems like a complete overreaction. When this line initially came out, it was Denver minus eight. Last week, it was minus three and a half. And then just because they look like a dumpster fire again, goes down to one. And now it's even at a pick them in some spots, half point. It just, it just seems like a huge overreaction. Um, you know, I, I said, are, are, are the Jets actually good? you know, on Sunday. So I, I I don't know if this actually tests it, but I don't know, man, you giving me the Broncos just to essentially win a game at home. I think I'm going to have to take that against an East coast team playing in altitude. I, I, the other storyline is Melvin Gordon, you know, talking to Hackett and I don't know, like, like they're in high school and they have a good conversation and now he's going to start. It's like, this is the NFL. You fumble, bro. Like that's why you're not playing because you're a liability. Well, he, didn't, he didn't fumble like, last week because they don't even well, give him yeah, the ball anymore. Yeah, because what are they years. doing? Like, yeah, it's just, and you could see him on the sideline just pissing and moaning. Like, cut his ass. Like most Bronco fans I talk to want him gone because he's he's arguably cost them two games this season. So, I don't know. That that, that to me is weird. Murray to me is the better back, and hopefully he doesn't fumble again. So I, I do like the Broncos. I mean, they still have a very good defense, what it looks like. And eventually, I would like to assume that Russell Wilson is going to cook something other than a hot dog and get get the damn ball to Sutton and Judy. Because well, people have been it, assuming that since week one. So I've been assuming I mean, it since after week two. And it's like, well, going back to the pot. I mean, I just apparently I'm the world's biggest donkeys fan now because I think I've had action on them every single week now. And I thought this was the week where I was like, oh, it's a no play. And then this shit happens. I'm like, well, all right, donkeys it is. Wow. So, you know, you know, switching over to Neil, um, he actually likes the Titans. So I believe they're laying two and a half as I predicted, you know, kind of stinky line. But his reasoning behind it is Vrabel and the Titans on eight plus days of rest are scary. So they're eight and no straight up and against the spread. 
They average almost 30 points per game, giving up only 11, so almost about a 19-point differential there. And I think we had this conversation you know, with Aaron Rodgers and his trends where it's like, okay, he's 37, he has no receivers. I, I brought up the same thing to him. I was like, 30 points per game is nice, but look at what they give up, 11. Would you say they have the same defense this year? Like to me, no, uh, and I don't even—I don't even think offensively they're—they're they're scary. You know, Henry's a, a year older, looks like a half step slower, uh, not as—not as dominant getting through that hole. And to me, like I—I I really want the Colts again. So this is going to be an interesting one to see if either side gets in the contest or if it's a complete stay away from us. Chris, I got to get your take on the Denver game first. I mean, no one is going to want this team after what they looked like on Monday Night Football. And that's what makes I mean, it better, too. It's it's like, I wish it, Joe was here. Yeah. It's like, no, no one's on the donkeys. No one. I I'm I think it's 80, 88% on, on Jets right now. So, yeah. well, what do you think, Chris? I mean, is this, obviously, the, the disgusting hazmat suit side is the, the shitty Broncos and Hackett. Can you bring yourself to do it? Yeah, shout out to KIV for holding her nose and just doing it. Uh, I don't know if she's released it yet, but in our text she said it's probably her best play, and uh, she says, I know, fucking kill me. Uh, I might have to do it too. I mean, I don't know. All this chatter about Wilson this, Wilson that. Is, I don't know. His hammy's fucked up now. He's uh, all kind of beat up. So, But then you said, Matt, you know, maybe the backup is, a, is an upgrade. I agree with Kyle. I mean, I've been on the Broncos twice. They're two and four, I think, against the spread. We've been on in the two winners when they somehow pulled out a fucking miracle against the Niners and last week. Um, I don't know. They've been good to us. That defense is amazing. I mean, to hold the Chargers to 19, hold the you know the Niners to 10, um, I mean, they held the Seattle offense that is just scoring against everybody to a really low score. I mean, their defense is amazing. And let's not get too carried away on the Jets either. I mean, what they're four and two, impressive. But I mean, that game was three to three, middle middle into the third. They get a touchdown, blocked punt, and then Brees Hall, you know, breaks one away. So it's twenty four to ten. But it, it, what did yeah? It's a what, little deceiving. Wilson have a hundred yards or something like that. Yeah, and he's I mean he's one of the least efficient quarterbacks in the league. I I I like the kid and I want him to succeed, but he is he is unfortunately one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So yeah. going up against that defense, I unfortunately, you know that's that's another reason behind it is, I mean Brees Hall is going to have to go for two hundred. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Denver really gives up huge, huge uh, running plays. But, uh, yeah, well, it's disgusting. It is tough. I mean, we like to take Denver in September, typically. I mean, middle of October, so it is still that first part of the season. Um, you, could, you could say that it's going to be tough. Zach played at BYU, kind of used to the well, five. I mean, you well, could make the same argument. I'm going to jump you know, to collegiate really quick, but, you know, it was week seven on Saturday and same thing I brought up on Neil and mine's pod, you know, fourth quarter, you could tell SC got really tired just from 4,500 feet. So true. It's better in September, 
but it's there's still going to be effects, especially if you're not used to playing in that weather or that altitude. For sure. Well, the Broncos are still going to have to score points on offense, and the only thing I know about this game is that Hackett will do something that makes no sense because um, it is truly incredible what the uh, the Broncos have unearthed, and Nathaniel Hackett is a head coach. So good luck with that. How about the Titans-Colts play, Chris? Yeah, you know, both these, obviously I lean with the road division dog. Um, I just don't have a feel for both these teams are just like, like Kyle said, you just don't know what, you, what, what are we going to get out of this Titan offense? What are we going to get out of this Titan defense? And same with Matt Ryan. Obviously, we've seen him in prime time. We've seen him against the Broncos and, and uh, lay eggs at the Jags. I just, to me, this is a stay away unless Riley has conviction. I'm probably not uh, going to, I don't lean either way. This is one of those ones I'll just let the teams play and then maybe buy, uh, buy one of them below the next week. I know my group is uh, definitely ready to sit out any AFC South games because uh, you just, I mean, who knows with any of these teams? Who's going to even win that division? Jesus Christ. Um, well, let's kind of do a lightning round just because it's three of us. Uh, Chris, you want to talk about maybe one more that you're looking at? Just maybe not as long a handicap, but something quick? Or something you even have mild interest in? I have mild interest. I know we were talking before the pod about the injuries with the Niners. I have interest in that especially if they don't move it off is it three in the contest yeah yeah so they left it three if they leave it on no no in the contest is two and a half oh fucking christ yeah even better okay well now i'll fucking for sure probably be on it um if they're going that way which we we know 80 percent of the fucking tickets and bets are going to be on the chiefs and if they made the line go down um that really interests me. I'm probably even Riley and I talked briefly already, and he said I could see us being on the Niners, and uh, probably will be. Yeah. So before you jumped on, you know, I was telling Matt, David Lombardi tweeted out Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Jimmy Ward, Jason Verrett, and Drake Jackson all practice today. Uh, Jimmy Ward's testing out his cast. I kind of brought that up, you know, the other day to just you know cast it up and knock knock some people out like good old Ronnie Lot, but. Charvarius Ward, Hufanga, Mike McGlinchey, and Samson Ubeckham did not practice. So still, you know, a lot of key pieces, you know, that you'd really like to be out there if you're on the Niners. Yeah, that's going to be a game where a lot of people are going to be on the Chiefs at under a field goal in the contest. And, um, I mean, I, I will tell my group this. The Niners, you don't want to be on them when they're expected to win, when they're a six-point fave, like last week. You do want to be on them when they're an underdog that no one thinks is going to win. That's just – that's how they are. I mean, I don't know why it's been that was Kyle Shanahan, as a favorite like that, has been more missed than hit. And, you know, they usually come through in this spot. I mean, they came through in this spot a few weeks ago when everybody was on the Rams – before people realize the Rams are what they are. And uh, it's, it's interesting that this is the same line Niners is a, or no, that was the Niners were fate where they were a favorite in that one, but still, this is, this is where you want them in a spot where people kind of start to maybe not believe. Um, 
I guess if I'm going to look at another one, I am having a hard time looking away from Houston. I don't know why the Raiders are seven-point favorites. I don't think that's justified at all. I think, you know, one thing through six weeks that we're seeing, some of these retread coaches that are rehires have not been all that impressive, whether it's Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, Josh McDaniels. I mean, what have the Raiders done other than play the Chiefs tough, which guess what? That's a division game. Sometimes division dogs play tough. I mean, Raiders, both teams are coming off a bye. I know Houston is kind of scum, but I think a a really big difference between this year's Houston team and last year's is this running back uh, who's playing really well. And I don't know. I just, I don't They want to get him 20 carries this week. That's what Lovey said today. And I don't know. I don't, I don't see the Raiders being deserving of, of laying this number. I mean, the Raiders as a favorite have been pretty, pretty bad. Uh, Ask the Arizona Cardinals and how have they been looking lately? So Chris, can you get behind an ugly dog like this catching a touchdown on the road? Yeah, that was another one. If I wasn't going to bring up the Niners was that one. Um, you know, I've been uh, on the other side of that. I was actually on the Cardinals that uh, when they blew that. I was on them last week on the Raiders catching seven in Kansas City. So uh, it's all about kind of – it's so crazy how you have to zig and zag with these teams and buy them and sell them. And uh, like you said, the Raiders are not a team I want to lay a touchdown with uh, at all. They've blown – they're pretty much like the Ravens uh, in the AFC blowing big leads and uh i can get behind it you just gotta like you said hopefully texans can get some stops and uh put up some points and hopefully mills can be serviceable it's interesting that houston before their buy was also a seven point dog in jacksonville and so this line is saying that that jacksonville the raiders are are equal teams and i think that price point is a little interesting Uh, kmart one more that you're you got your eye on maybe oh yeah so this is a kind of a dumb one, but Bengals minus six. Um, is it six in the contest? Or was yes. It, or was it? No, it okay. is. So I, I'm pretty happy about that because early in the week when it was seven, I was like, I don't know if I'll play that if it's seven, six and a half in the contest. Um, but six I like. And it, it's more of just a fade on the Falcons. I mean, six and zero oh against the spread. I know, we, I know we killed ourselves last year doing the same thing with the Cowboys, but... Uh, I mean, half the reason I kind of allowed it in the contest, the Niners last week, is just that defense isn't very good. Like, I, I actually thought the Niners would send that thing to overtime and win by six, and I could just laugh. Um, but, yeah, obviously that didn't happen. I, I and Bengals just offensively, I think, just have more things going than San Francisco. And eventually, again, it, it's there's not much – of a cap on this as much of a fade, you know, on the Falcons being six and zero against the spread. And I just, I love what Mariota is doing. I just don't think the team in, in full is actually that talented right now. And yet they scrap and fight and claw and cover every fucking game. I don't know what Lock to make against of this. the Rams. How great do the yeah. Rams look? I mean, we can, can really nitpick and, Guess it's easier when you're, you know, touchdown dogs in almost every game to, you know, cover that. But at some point, you know, the gasket's going to break. 
Yeah, I guess the one thing you would point to in this one is uh, clearly the Bengals have had their issues on offense to start the season. Able to put up 30 last week, so good for them. But Atlanta does generate the lowest pressure rate in the league on defense. So if you're a team that's had offensive issues, now they've overcome that. I mean, they're respectable. Is Atlanta three and three? So like how much can you really knock them for that? So that is a tricky one, my friend. I, I don't know. It seems like since he should be able to overwhelm them, but I know. I know. That's that's why I laughed because I'm just like, for whatever reason, this is just, I've been staring at this. I, I don't know yeah. if I've fallen too much in love with it because, I mean, it's weird. Like last week, we got lucky because about this time, I really liked the Saints. And then we just flipped. Like Lance was really like, they got so many injuries. You know, I don't want to bet against my team, but I think Bengals is the play. And we were just going back and forth on so many. We were just like, screw it. Let's just go square. Um, and we we sucked it out. I mean, yeah, they were trailing almost most of the, the game. Entire game. Very, very lucky win and cover. Um, you know, other ones we could look at. You got Dak Prescott coming back. Is that an overreaction with that line? You got, I've heard a lot of people talk about Jared Goff against pressure. Dallas gets the, the best pressure rate in the league. That's an interesting one. Panthers, are is this a dead team that you just simply can't touch? Uh, the Bucs can't cover shit right now. So uh, the Packers, another kind of perceived really good team that can't cover anything, can't even beat the Jets. So that number, is that too short, only being five against Heineke? Uh, the Chargers, everybody's loving Seattle right now. Seattle's a very trendy, popular dog, and the contest only makes out five and a half. I really like so, Chargers. Uh, like, yeah, because I mean Ralph Michaels, yeah, and I sent it to you guys, you know, last week because Chargers are a home fave going into a buy, and that shit's like fifty-eight and thirty. He didn't have a year on that, but that's a decent sample size. So I mean, Chargers or Bengals, I'm going to fight for in our contest. In general, it's not division. Yeah, just home faves in general. Oh wow. Yeah, interesting. Uh, only it's weird. So we got four teams on a bye this week. Only two next week. So we got Chiefs and Chargers on their bye next week. So uh, Chiefs after the bye, everybody knows that one. But going into the bye, I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. So all right, guys, uh, we'll be back Sunday either before the game or at halftime after the game. We'll, we'll tweet out what's going to happen there and see if uh, Brian Flores gets his revenge over the Dolphins. Uh, that's another angle on on that one that we didn't really talk about. So. Have a good week seven, everybody. Uh, keep an eye on all the dads tweeting out their contest plays uh, Saturday, Sunday. And Chris, remind everybody what happens sometimes when you bet on poop. You go 10 for 10 in the first half, and then you throw for 15 yards and score three points in the second. But you just might cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. This is Fade You.